Thanks for tuning in to the Believer's Church of Johnson City Podcast. Our mission is to help broken people become devoted followers of Jesus. If you'd like to visit us in person, we are located at 6110 Kingsport Highway here in beautiful Johnson City, Tennessee. You can become a giving partner by visiting us at believerschurchjc.com. We love you, we are praying for you, and we hope you enjoy today's message. Just a couple times a year, we like to do very special stories. That's what we call them. We just call them stories. And these tend to be stories in people's lives that are not just about things that they've had to walk through that are pretty difficult, but starting to reach Jesus on the other side. Um, A lot of you have some wonderful stories that you could share, but the question is, what does that lead to in your relationship of faith? So that's something that we try to really focus on a lot, and we've got a very special story today. A guy named Tyler Smith reached out to me in early 2020, not long after I'd moved here, on Facebook Messenger. Didn't know him, never talked to him before, uh, quite a few years younger than me. And he said something along the lines of, I've heard that you're the man that I need to talk to because we've been through some of the same things. And what he meant by that was alcoholism and mental health issues. He also has a a past um, in the church um, as I had. So there were a lot of parallels between the stories uh, that that I had and the recovery that I went through and the battles uh, that he was going through at that time. We spoke very often on the phone at night. I'm not a late night person anymore the way that I used to, uh, used to be. A lot of times I'm in bed 10, 10 But if I saw that Tyler was calling around uh, 12, uh, 11, 30, 12 o'clock, I'd stay up and talk as long as he wanted to and have no regrets about it the next day. We started to develop a relationship. So I am a, a small part of this story. Uh, about six months after we started talking, Randy and Jeanette Smith started coming uh, to this church, and they've been with us ever since. And we are just so grateful for them. Tyler was with us a couple times, and I, I had a horrible phone call, unfortunately, a little over a year ago, um, that Tyler had, had taken his life. And it was a very difficult thing for for me, obviously an incredibly difficult thing for the family. And even reaching out to um, Jeanette and Randy about this felt so awkward. I don't even know that I would feel comfortable with it had we not already been very close. But they told me over and over that they wanted Tyler's story to be a testament to faith in Jesus and for other people to receive victory uh, through what they had experienced and honor him in that way. So without further ado, let's welcome Randy and Jeanette as they come up to be with us today. And let me just go ahead and say, it's not easy being up here. So especially whenever you have to talk about content that is, is very difficult to talk about, but we know the work that God is going to do just in case you need him. Okay, but when it, when it comes to talking about the work that, that God is going to do, but also the process of trying to, to relive some things that are pretty difficult. So most of you that are here on a regular basis know that Randy and Jeanette are a very strong part of this faith community. And the first thing that I would like to ask you guys is this. Can you share a little bit with us about Tyler, um, about his personality, 
uh, good memories, his faith background, because that's obviously an important part of this story. He did accept Christ um, at a young age. And also just the kind of person that he was. Yeah. Um, Tyler loved the Lord. When he was a toddler, he was just, he, he loved to act out scenes from the Bible with his cousins. <laughs> and uh, they would argue over who got to be the Roman soldier to crucify Jesus. And then they would argue, argue over who got to who be Who wants Jesus. that role? I'm just kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> well, <laughs> and um, so it, when he was six years old, um, he came to me and he was like, Mom, I know that if I die, I'm going to hell. And I want Jesus in my life. And so I sat him down and walked through scripture with him. And he accepted Christ. And um, even in kindergarten, he was in kindergarten at that time. He led his best friend to the Lord on the playground at Westside. And he was very, very vocal about his faith. Um, He could sit and talk as an adult about scripture, he knew scripture and he just loved the Lord. I remember on the day that he was saved, uh, I was working night shift and I was in bed asleep and, uh, I dreamed the door flew open. He come in and jumped right on top of me, took my breath away when he hit me. But, uh, I said, what's wrong, Tyler? What's wrong? He said, Daddy, I just gave my heart to the Lord. I just got saved. And I dreamed that I sat up and I started crying. And he said, well, Daddy, why are you sad? I said, Daddy's not sad. I said, this is the happiest day of my life. And uh, it was just so exciting to see him give his life to the Lord at that time. Okay. Um, At what point did you guys start to see... And because one thing that's very important for us is talking about real issues. And these are some of the things that we know that people that are in the room right now, as well as people that are listening online and will listen uh, later to the podcast are going through. We don't want to sweep addiction or, or mental health issues under the rug. These are obviously very, very important things in a, in a church this size. I have no doubt there are some of you that are, that are going through some of these uh, experiences yourself, if it's alcohol, if it's if it's drug addiction, um, whatever it might look like. So you guys have given a little bit of a framework for who he was as a kid. What did it start to look like? And I know that this is a is a bit more painful. Um, what did it start to look like as he was getting older? Whenever you started to to notice. The chain was there a was there an event was there was it gradual was it him pulling away after high school did depression come before um, substance abuse or did substance abuse come first what did what did that look like in Tyler's life because Tyler came to church here two or three times but most of us don't don't know much about him beyond that um I think it started Randy started. He has battles depression too. So a mental illness is hereditary, or it can be. Um, 
around when Tyler was 12, my mom passed away. And I think that started his questioning because up until that point, he had a very close relationship with the Lord. And we all prayed, of course, for my mom to be healed. And she was not healed on this earth. And a child, it's hard to understand and grasp. It was hard as an adult. And during that time is when Randy's depression hit full force. And he was not on medication. And he went from a very involved dad to nothing. You mean like withdrawn, yes. isolated? pulled back, um, very moody. Um, the kids were sorry, the kids were scared of him, and it was just a very rough time. Uh, we were having some marital issues, and it was just a lot, and so that's when I started noticing the beginnings of change, and during that time, I was very angry at the Lord, um, I, I, very angry. I'll just leave it at that, and that lasted a couple of weeks, and I couldn't stand it. So I asked for forgiveness, and we went through counseling. And Isn't it amazing how a believer can't continue right. in that? Like you, eventually you're just like, okay, something's got to give. Yeah, it's miserable. I, I, I may it's not miserable. understand this, but I've got to, this, this communion, this relationship has to continue. So I've, I've got to somehow deal with it. So through, um, I homeschooled, well, they went to public school for a while, and I think we had moved to uh, county schools from city schools, and he just tended to get with the wrong kids, and he's, it started out with chewing tobacco, and I was like, I mean, adamant, you're not going to do this. Well, when they're out of your sight, you can't see what they're doing. So tobacco led to cigarettes. Cigarettes led to marijuana. And he came home one night um, being out with three of his friends, and his eyes were red. And I knew. And they tried to deny it, but I knew. And it and just... How, how old is he at this time? Probably about 15 or 16. He was mid-teens. And... He started getting very, very disrespectful. And he would get up in my face and scream that he hated me and he didn't want anything to do with Christianity. He did not want me to mention the name of Jesus. He didn't want anything to do with it. And um, which broke my heart. And so all you can do is pray. And we prayed and we prayed. Our family was praying. And it just kept getting worse. And um, he, I was homeschooling him, started homeschooling him and his brother. I don't know how old Tyler was, 16, late 16, going into 17. And um, once he graduated, well, he moved out before, well, we asked him to move out because of the disrespect. And he was getting ready to turn 18. So he moved in with Randy's sister. That's actually, if you don't mind me saying, kind of tough. Because I think, I think for those of you that are parents that have been through this, or you've had family members, you're, you're, you're juggling the enabling. 
and the tough love and to try to find a balance there and boundaries to where you clearly still love your child, but they're not completely taking advantage of every situation in which you're making their situation worse. I'm I'm sure we have people that are in here right now that have been on both sides of this. Uh, We have people that have, that have enabled and as a result, there's, there's been a lot of problems in the house. And then there have been people who have practiced tough love. And then sometimes whenever that ends in such a, a, a tragic way, we, we blame ourselves. So I, I think that's key, like for, for parents to try. So it was a, a period of time in which the disrespect was just so great that you guys made the decision and you said he was 18 or he was 17. He was 17 getting ready to, it was like a couple months before he turned 18. Okay. And Rand, it was on Mother's Day. I will never forget it. We had gone to church and come home and it was just war at our house constantly. And Randy just told him, he said, you have a choice to make. You can continue to live here and respect your mother and respect our rules for as long as you're here or you can pack your stuff today and go. And he chose to go. And he moved in with Randy's sister. And things just snowballed. And um, that's when he started drinking. He realized the alcohol numbed more than the pot did. And I did not realize the depth of the depression. We really did not have a relationship for nine years he would come around at Christmas, um, a cookout, but for birthdays, Mother's Day, Father's Day, it was a text, happy birthday, happy Mother's Day, and that's about all we saw him until 2020. I, I would just say this, I mean, because a lot of this, there's a parallel here also, um, Whenever I talked about faith with someone when I was around Tyler's age, I'd usually been drinking. And I think that was because I'd had, I had so much shame about talking about it and, and, and my, my issues with it at the time and also feeling hypocritical that I wouldn't. But if I'd been drinking, I'd talk about anything. So that was when he would usually call me. That's why it was late at night. And we would talk for a very, very long time. And the things that he said were absolutely profound. But, but I just feel led in this moment to say this. And I know the Smiths, these Smiths, I'm a Smith too. No relation, but I'd be, I'd be good if it was. Um, if, if we talk about the difficulty and the danger of drugs, but if you have a problem with drinking, I don't care if you're 20 years old, if you're 75 years old, you are burning everything around you to the ground. And I'm just letting you know that. And I was, I was in the process of that, um, almost lost everything that I had. And so he was grasping at straws in that moment. And I don't know where the switch flipped for him, but at this point, I guess he was in his late twenties. He, he did desperately want to quit. And I believed, and I don't know how strongly you all felt about this, I believed he was going to come through. I, I, I thought he was going to lead worship. I thought he was, uh, he told me, he talked about being a missionary one night. He said, Matt, he said, I am Jonah. 
And I, I could relate to that so many times in my life. So I guess I say that not so that, that when the picture is painted, it's not just a rebellious, um, you know, person in their, in their late teens or early twenties, as often is the case. This is a person that was tortured in a lot of ways, trying to step away from something that just continued to feel more and more difficult. So I do want to talk um, here in just a second about the grieving process, because I do think through different kinds of grieving that will help people. But if there is anything that you want to say, um, as you guys know, a worship pastor friend of mine reached out to me. You said that you had tried to call me. I must have been asleep. A worship pastor friend at another church reached out to me and told me the news. Is there anything that you want to share um, prior to that night or that night or the, the day after before we get into grieving um, you can, if it's, if it's too difficult or if there's anything that you don't want to share, we don't have to completely up to you guys. Is there anything that you want to share from how this all came about? In 2020, he, he just called me up out of the blue and he said, mom, I want to come talk to you and dad. And he said, I have made my peace with Christ. I've repented and I've asked for forgiveness and I want to come and talk to you all. So he came up and he apologized to both of us for the way that he was as a teenager for not having a relationship with us. And we apologized to him too. I mean, no parents are perfect as much as we want to think we are, we're not. <laughs> and, um, I'll let him, let Randy tell his part in a minute, but Tyler had tried three times previously to kill himself. And um, the first time he reached out to my nephew, Jeremy, and they developed a close relationship. In 2021, Jeremy died. And that spiraled Tyler down to drinking even more. And he tried a couple times in 2021. Each time he would reach out to somebody. And I really think he wasn't really, he was trying, but it wasn't trying because it was a cry for help. Because this last time he didn't reach out. And so the third time he reached out to my other nephew, uh, Josh. And Josh called us and he said, you need to come over. And um, Tyler tried to kill himself. I've got him talking. He's alive, but you need to get over here. So we went and we talked him in to go into Woodridge because he was just, well, when he was drunk, but he needed help. And he agreed to go. And he was there for a week, detoxed, um, and when he came home for two months, we had our son back mm. and it was the most amazing. And I thank God so much for that time. It was like he used to be. And, um, I think that's probably when he reached out, maybe before that he reached out to you and he told us, he said, if you all will go with me, or if you all will go to church, because we were watching online, 
but we haven't had not been here yet. And he's like, I'll go with you, which was a huge step for him. We're like, sure, we'll go. And so I reached out to you and Tyler had reached out to Roger. Um, I think Roger did a tattoo on him. And um, yeah, it was great to have him here and to see even during that time when he was sober, he was talking about the Lord with us. And it was so, my heart was full. It was full. It's hard to, <clears throat> it's hard to talk, but uh, it was, it was a, it was a good time when he come back, you know. He'd come up just about every evening. He'd moved in with Chase, and, uh, but every evening he would come up about five o'clock and eat supper with us. I just remember the sound of his car, you know, coming, him on his way up to the house, and I always, I was I'd always get excited, and uh, he'd walk in the door and say, what's up? What's for supper? <laughs> but uh, it was just good to have him back, you know, the old Tyler back. And, uh, oh, yeah. yeah. He did. He come to me, and he said, I'll, I'll be honest with you, Daddy. He said, I hated you. He said, I hated you so much. And I said, why? He said, because the way you was with your depression. He said, but now, he said, I see what you went through. He said, I'm dealing with depression. And he said, I see what you went through, and I'm sorry. So after, after hearing the news that You received and came upon a little over a year ago. What has the grieving process been like? Everybody grieves differently. And the most significant thing is that we do, we do grieve. Um, it's, it's not only very healthy, it's scriptural. But what was, what was that, that, that dark night of the soul or that period of time of a million different kinds of emotions. Um, what was that like for you guys? And most importantly, how did God work through uh, the difficulty of, and, and I, I, no one thinks you're not still walking through it, but, but, but that first year, and, and I, I can tell you this because I'm around you guys a lot, you're better than you were you know, a year ago. But what, what was that grieving process like for you guys, for others that have, have been through it or are trying to walk through it? It was the hardest thing I've ever been through in my life. Uh, the night we got the call, um, Chase called Jeanette and told him, or told her that Tyler was dead. And so we went to their, where they lived. And uh, when I got there, the rescue squad had passed up their home. So I was out trying to direct them back to where to go. And uh, I, just, I just remember that uh, 
as I motioned him to come to the driveway, I was running to go into the house, and my feet flew out from under me, and I landed on the back of my head. And uh, I don't know how it didn't knock me out, but it didn't. And I dreamed that I run in, or I didn't dream. I run into, <laughs> I run into the the house, and when I went to his room, you know, he was laying on the ground, and uh, my heart just shattered. Hardest thing I've been through in my whole life. Uh, and uh, I had to leave the room and uh, went and sat down. Uh, I've had two heart surgeries, so I, I just, you know, and uh, I just sat there and I, I, I wet, you know, I just couldn't quit crying. But um, after... After I got through crying and stuff, I, I knowed I couldn't handle it on my own. And uh, I just prayed to Jesus that uh, that he would help me through this, to take it from me. And uh, he did. I mean, I still hurt, but I've got a, you know, a peace. Amen. Um, when I walked in and saw Tyler, the first thing I did was I just stood there and I was like, okay, Lord, you be glorified through this. Do not let his death go in vain. And I remembered how angry I got when my mom died and I prayed. I told him, I said, I, don't, I do not want to go through that again. And I've had a peace that only comes from Christ. Amen. I hurt. I grieve. I cry. But I have not been angry. I have not questioned the Lord why. I would like to, I would like to talk to Tyler and find out why. But Death is something we all are going to face at some point in our lives. And at that moment, you have a choice. You can draw near to God, and he'll draw near to you. Or you can turn and run. And I ran. I didn't run. I just got angry. <laughs> and I did not like that. And I grew so much spiritually during that time that led me to this time. And we got home. We couldn't sleep. It was, er well, I don't remember what time it was. It was early in the morning. And we just turned on um, worship music. I'm a worshiper. I love music. I love singing. That is how I draw close to God, other than Scripture. And the first song that came on, um, if you listen to Christian music, you'll know is no matter what, God, you are faithful no matter what. And I drew on his character. I drew on his faithfulness. He is a good God. Amen. And he knew this was coming. And we were prepared as much as you could be. But 
the songs that came out during that time, all of last year, um, gratitude. Everything, the days that I had the roughest days, everything was about gratitude. Social media, everything was gratitude. That song would come on the radio, and that was my word for the year. And when I would start getting where I could feel I could very easily slide into depression, that would pop in my mind. You find something to be grateful for, and it would come back to God's character. And he has just, he has been amazing, amazing. The reason that I think that's so important is because for a lot of us in here that are parents, we think that, well, if I lost the job or, or another close family member, I could still make it through. But for some people, the thought of losing a child would be the breaking point um, for them, would be the moment in which I, I don't know what I would do in that situation. For some people, and then I'm saying this from experience, it's a, it's a moment of relapse. For other people, it starts to plant the seeds of divorce because the grieving process is different for, for two different people and one stays in the, the maybe depression, it could be anger, it could be bitterness, and the other one who is still experiencing so much pain is trying to go forward to the best of their ability. So there are all these, these, these things that can happen as a result and to hear that, that literally in the, in the place of this, that Randy is able to sit down and pray because he knows it's where he has to go. And that whenever they co- they go home, they begin to worship. I just think it's a testament to the direction that you take and how you walk through the grieving process. It's okay, it's okay to cry. It's okay to hurt. It's okay to get angry. It's okay to ask questions. All of these things are just normal human uh, responses. But I think as we get down the road a little bit, sort of like the situation that you mentioned with your mother, you felt angry. God disrupts that. God disrupts over time. Um, whenever we're going through something that's detrimental uh, to our relationship with him. So the last thing that I'll ask you guys, and, and, and I think everybody in here appreciates how hard this is. So we just, we just want you guys to know that. Is there advice that you would give for, uh, because again, I, I had mentioned to Randy and Jeanette that a woman reached out to me from another state and asked how she could watch the service or the podcast later, this is not only going to help people that are in a situation they are, but also people who have a weakened faith or a people struggling with uh, people struggling with mental health issues and substance abuse issues. This is going to reach a lot of people and God is being glorified through this. There is no question about that. But so if there was a piece of advice that you could give for families or individuals that would be here today or listening later, what would that be? First and foremost, draw near to God. And as a believer, he is your strength. And that's where you have to go. And we did, 
we have a very good um, Christian counselor that we started seeing almost immediately. And um, I think that plays a part in it because I was really worried about Randy sliding back into depression and Mm -hmm. thank the Lord he has not. And God has used him in amazing ways. And I'm, I'm so proud yeah. that he's willing to, to be used. And I'll let him talk about that. But um, it is just, just to remember where your strength is and that with Christ, you can get through it. It is a parent's biggest fear. And I've always said, I don't know how I would survive. I don't know. But seeing how Tyler was, was killing me. He wanted to quit drinking so bad. He would come to the house and he would cry and cry and cry. I want to stop drinking. I want to stop drinking. But he wouldn't make that step to get help. And so as hard as this is, that was even harder, I think. But... My relationship with Christ is my life. He is everything to me. And he he is how I'm getting through this. And it, people who aren't believers go through this and they survive it, but they're bitter. And deep inside, they're angry. And I am not. And that it's all Jesus. It's all him. I agree with her. I mean, it's all about Jesus. And uh, that's the first thing I would say is to seek Jesus if you don't know him. Uh, after Tyler's death, uh, I had lost my dad in June. And in, the, in July, my neighbor lost his wife. So... It was probably a couple of days after Tyler's death that uh, I, for I don't know how I was able to do it, but I went over and visited my neighbor. And we were sitting there talking, and uh, he started asking questions about Jesus. And so I, I talked to him. I said, do you want to accept him as your Lord and Savior? And he said, yeah. So... Through this, I got to lead him to Christ. Amen. But uh, I'm just so thankful. You know, a, a good thing come out of a bad thing. It's just... Yeah, it always will. It always will. He's always faithful. And that's, that's for every person in here that's going through something difficult right now. There's always an, an ending or a story on the other side of tragedy. Always. And some of you are are living testimonies uh, to that yourself. So that's all I've got, guys. Do you? Is there anything that you would like to to say? Anything else that you want to want to throw out there? I just want to tell everybody: God led us here for a reason. The church that we left was the church you grew up in. I mean, Hunter. And we loved it. We'd been there for a very long time. (laughs) And 
There was no ill feelings, nothing. We just felt pulled here, but we didn't know why. And now I know why. And our very first Sunday, we were welcomed and loved on as if everybody had known us our whole life. And then when this happened, I can't tell you how much it means. And I'm just so thankful that we're here. And I just love all of you. I did not pay her for that Believer's Church plug, by the way. That's all her. Randy, you got anything else, brother? Uh, I'm thankful to be here, too. Uh, I just thank you all. All right, well, guys, let's give them a round of hand. This is hard. You guys can go sit down if you want to. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask if they will, if the band wants to go ahead and come back up. Um, we're going to that to the back if you want to. We're going to continue to worship. And um, if, if anyone today, um, because of something that they're going through on, and, and I don't know what it might be, if you need to come down, if you need to pray, there will be someone here to pray with you. If you're in a place where uh, you've never accepted Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, uh, we would love to invite you into that relationship today. So we are going to um, worship and uh, you guys can go ahead and stand with us if you like, and I'm going to pray. Uh, Father, we thank you so much for the Smiths. We thank you for the courage and the integrity uh, that it takes, God, to talk about things that are so incredibly difficult. Uh, Father, we pray through what they've shared that a movement of the Holy Spirit uh, just moves through this place right now. God, those who may be suffering uh, with depression, anxiety, the real issues that are going on, substance abuse issues, right now. Father, if there's just some kind of family pain or tragedy, uh, Father, we invite those people to be able to pray and to take advantage of this altar and this space today because we believe in healing. And we believe in the power of Jesus to reconcile people to him in any given moment in human history. And Father, we know that you are present in this place right now. God, maybe there are other individuals who just need to come forward and say thank you. Father, they've not, they've not lost a child this year. They've not lost a job. They've not lost uh, someone else close to them. But Father, they have a reason to be grateful because you woke them up this morning and brought them to this place. Father, we honor you and we glorify you and we pray that the Spirit move through this place today in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks again for listening to the Believer's Church of Johnson City podcast. Make sure you join us again next week. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram for all the latest news and information about Believer's Church. God bless and have a great day.